Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. This is the best of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote as well. Heat is the main cause of battery failures, so it's important to have a tough battery. Duralast batteries designed and tested to start in extreme temperatures up to 167 degrees. They're proven tough and sold only at AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Well, after a long time of prelude, a long run-up, a long runway, a never-ending discussion about whether or not it would happen, Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather are set to fight on August 26th in Las Vegas. And immediately... The amount of interest in this fight has blown up. Not surprising given all the conversation that has existed surrounding this fight to begin with. Big time gambling handle. The odds are out everywhere. Um, I'm looking right now at oddshark.com as they continue to update exactly what they anticipate here. Floyd Mayweather around minus 800. Conor McGregor around plus 500. Now that's one particular line. There are so many different places with so many different lines because I think, frankly, nobody really knows what to anticipate here because we haven't seen a fight like this. So I think, by and large, unless Floyd Mayweather is deciding at the end of his career that he's okay with losing, there's no way that Conor McGregor has a chance to win this fight. There's just a 0% chance, basically, of McGregor winning this fight, and I'll explain why. But let me start with the idea of why Conor McGregor might lose. Conor McGregor's 49-0. He's going for 50-0. and 0. 
If he loses to – sorry, Floyd Mayweather is 49-0, going for 15-0. If he loses to McGregor, if Mayweather loses, then he locks in a three-fight series to finish his career. Now, maybe his pride is too much, but if his pure interest is banking as much money as he possibly can, then taking a dive against Conor McGregor in the first fight would guarantee him a second fight, which he could win – which would then guarantee him a third fight, which would be the quote-unquote rubber match, which he could win again. Then he would finish 51-1, and one, but he probably makes, what, $500 million to finish off his career instead of however much money he can make off of one fight. In other words, I think if McGregor lost, if, McGregor, if he let McGregor win the first match, if he took a dive, if Floyd Mayweather took a dive in the first match, he would make around a half billion dollars in his final three matches. If Money Mayweather is truly all about the money, the best thing that could happen for him is letting McGregor win in the first match. That's the only reason that I have any trepidation whatsoever about trying to figure out what's going to happen in this fight. That's the only thing. Because if, in fact, McGregor wins the first fight, Mayweather and McGregor both stand to make way more money. Now, if Mayweather comes out and does what I anticipate he does, he doesn't really get hit. He dances around. He puts a lot of punishment on McGregor, and he wins a decision because that's what I anticipate happening. I anticipated going 12 rounds, and he wins by decision. Then nobody watches this fight ever again, and a lot of people are upset, just like a lot of people were upset with the way the Manny Pacquiao fight went with the fact that, look, when you went and watched uh, Pacquiao and Mayweather fight after all the hype, after all the attention, it was clear that Mayweather was a much better fighter than Pacquiao, whether or not Pacquiao was injured or whatever other excuses might have existed for Manny Pacquiao in that game, in that fight, in that match. It wasn't very close, and it was particularly boring. And if we believe, and I think it's fair, that virtually no one has been able to hit Mayweather in his entire career. These are professional boxers that have trained their entire lives to try and get a hand on Floyd Mayweather and injure him. If we believe that that is true, and it is undoubtedly true in the 49 games, 49 matches that Floyd Mayweather has fought in his career, then why in the world do you think that a guy like Conor McGregor, who has only come to boxing late in his life, relatively speaking, is going to be able to get a hand on Floyd Mayweather? I think it's a total sham. Now look, I love big events. I love big shows. I will 100% be watching this fight on August 26th. But I believe there's a 0% chance, not even like a 1%. I mean, there's a 0% chance that Conor McGregor can win this fight. I think whatever the line is, you should put every dollar you have on Floyd Mayweather if you believe that the fight is going to be 100% real. My concern, again, about this is that Floyd Mayweather, if he's really all about the money, the best thing he could do is lose to Conor McGregor the first time to guarantee himself three paydays to end his career. Is 49-1 and really that much worse than 50-0 and if you followed up the 49-1 and with two wins after that to get to 51-1? and I know that having a perfect record probably matters to Floyd Mayweather, but does it matter as much as making half a billion dollars? I think he could make $500 million in a three-match series because if he lost the first match... Everybody who watched match one is going to watch match two. And then everybody who watched match one and match two is going to buy match three. If he comes out and he dominates like we expect him to do 
if Conor McGregor really can't get a hand on him, then I think that what happens is people are bored. They definitely don't want to rematch. Why do they want to watch the same thing happen again? So that would be my expectation. Now, if they really wanted to make this fight entertaining in the utmost, what would really have been cool, I think, is they fight, they box for 11 rounds, and then in the 12th round, it's MMA. I don't know how much McGregor would have left, but that would have actually been a real wrinkle in this thing. So then the question becomes, can Conor McGregor last long enough to be able to get his hands on Mayweather in the final round? That would be kind of an intriguing battle. But a professional trained boxer who is not able to be hit by professional trained boxers throughout his career, there's no way at all, again, no way at all that there's any possibility, I don't believe, of Conor McGregor being able to get his hands on Floyd Mayweather. I think Mayweather will dart around. I think he will uh, he will not be able to be hit. I think he'll jab and win this fight easily on the cards. I don't know necessarily that he will knock McGregor out because I do think McGregor is tough. I'm not sure that he, that Mayweather has the punching power to bring him to uh, knock him down, but I think it's uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt that Mayweather is going to win this fight running away. I don't even see it remotely as a fair fight. An entertaining sporting event, yes, but a fair fight, there's no way in the world that that's remotely the case. That, of course, is the big story. Dana White went on and talked about it. We've got a couple of cuts from Dana White trying to sell it. He's the master impresario. He's the ringleader. He needs this match to be huge for the MMA, uh, especially because they just sold for $4 billion dollars. Got to make that money somehow. Here was Dana White talking about this fight. When two men step into any, whether it's the, the, you know, the ring or the octagon or whatever it is, anything is possible. Floyd Mayweather is 40 years old. He's always had problems with southpaws. Conor McGregor is 27 years old. He is a southpaw. And whenever Conor hits people, they fall. I think we will. You know, obviously, you know, Conor and I have been talking a lot throughout this, um, throughout this negotiation. And uh, he wants to turn around and fight again this year. And that's after he fights Floyd, he wants to turn around and fight again this year. And that's one of the million reasons why people love Conor McGregor. It's a brilliant move for Conor McGregor, even if he loses to Floyd Mayweather, because all it's going to do is increase his overall brand value. Like, I don't see him having anything at all to lose here, because if he loses to Mayweather, people are going to say, well, good for him. He was still willing to get into the ring and, and box, even though he's not a professional boxer. The fact that they're able to turn this into an actual sporting event is a tremendous endorsement of Conor McGregor's ability to sell a fight. We know that Mayweather can sell a fight as well. The only thing I wish is that they were having this fight a little bit earlier in the summer because by August 26th, people will be excited for the start of college football in the NFL. If they had made this July 26th, then I realize there's not much lead up between now and then, or even the first or second week in, in August, so many people would welcome it because it's a total desert of sports. And you'd be looking for anything sports-wise to entertain you. And here comes this this oasis on the sporting horizon. You've got McGregor and Mayweather floating around out there ready to actually happen. Am I crazy? Does Mayweather have a shot in hell at this? I don't – I mean, does, does McGregor have a shot in hell at this? The fact that these guys both have names to start with them is going to drive me crazy because it's easy to get them crossed over. Mayweather will win this fight 100%. I believe that Conor McGregor has a 0% chance of winning this fight in a legitimate fashion. Now, if Mayweather decides that he wants to make a half billion dollars, then potentially he could toss this fight 
onto the scrap heap, go 49-1, and one, get two more guaranteed fights. That's the only thing that gives me any pause at all about putting tons of money on Mayweather to win, not to mention that Mayweather is a massive favorite. He's a huge favorite to win this fight. Conor McGregor, I think, has a 0% chance. Am I right? I'll poll the guys and the crew here. We'll go around the horn. I'll also open up the phone lines, 877-996-6369. Let you guys react. How excited are you for this fight? I believe that just about all of you out there listening right now will find a way to watch it. Am I wrong? Are there some of you who think this is totally a sham? 877-996-6369. Again, big news. Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather to fight in Vegas on August 26th. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Great news. Quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Reacting to the news They came out yesterday afternoon, official now, August 26th, Mayweather-McGregor in Las Vegas. Floyd Mayweather immediately opens as a substantial favorite. I think there's no chance that he can lose this match. I think Conor McGregor is only doing this for publicity. I think it's a smart move for publicity stake. Only way we ever see this fight be competitive at all is if Floyd Mayweather decides to take a dive to ensure a second and third match and the amount of money he can make. Am I crazy for this opinion? Does anybody have any faith whatsoever in McGregor? Let's go around the horn, bring in Jason Martin. Jason, any belief in your mind that Conor McGregor can win this fight? Zero. Um, This is going to be the most lucrative farce in the history of American sports. This is going to be bigger than Riggs and Billie Jean King, which was a work. This is going to be bigger than Chuck Wepner fighting a bear. This is going to be a step up from celebrity boxing. The lead-in to this, the promotion to this, the publicity from this, the promos, the if Showtime runs a 24-7 kind of show, if UFC does not embedded, all of these kinds of things, everybody is going to watch all of this. They're going to watch them on Kimmel. They're going to watch them on Fallon. They're going to watch them on Colbert. They're going to watch them everywhere. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. And then the bell's going to ring, and Floyd Mayweather is going to toy with Conor McGregor under boxing rules. Floyd Mayweather, in my opinion, yes, he cares about money. He's going to make a ton of money either way. And I don't think that the money is going to outweigh the idea of having a one on the lost side of his career. I just do not think for a second that he would even agree to this if he didn't already know how easy this was going to be for him to win. Now, I understand the idea that if it's illegitimate, obviously you would be able to get a rematch out of this. I think it's going to be a boring fight either way because I don't see how Connor even lays a glove on him. Even with Connor being pretty fast at what he does, Mayweather's arguably the best defensive fighter in the history of the sport. So you can look at it that way. And then for Connor McGregor, no one will believe, even if he wins the fight, that he did so legitimately. So this is just this is Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey, but it's going to make a crap ton of money, and it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. August twenty sixth can't get here soon enough. It's a little bit interesting that they are going to do it then because football is going to be right there. They don't have everybody paying attention. There's going to be a little bit of split attention to some extent, but it's going to be huge, and I'm glad that it's signed so that now we can just kind of watch all of this. It's going to be amazing. This circus sideshow is going to be one for the ages. It's a great point about what a farce it's going to be. I I don't understand who these people are who think to themselves. I mean, you don't have to be a boxing expert to sit back and say, okay, 
Floyd Mayweather has fought as a boxer his entire life. I mean, since he was like five or six years old. And he's such a good defensive fighter that nobody can get a hand on him. Why suddenly do you guys think, if, if there is somebody out there, maybe there is somebody out there who thinks Conor McGregor is going to win, 877-996-6369, why do you suddenly think that if Manny Pacquiao, who spent his entire life training as a fighter and is one of the most powerful punchers pound for pound that we've ever seen, if he couldn't get a hand on Floyd Mayweather, and he's been doing this his entire life, and he's proven in the ring as one of the best fighters of all time, why do you think Conor McGregor is going to be able to do it? Like, I just don't even understand the thought process of anyone who believes that this is going to be a competitive fight. Bring in Danny G and Justin out in L.A. Guys, are you with us that this is just a total farce that's going to be entertaining, but that really there's no question that Floyd Mayweather is going to win this fight? Yeah, I still want to see it. Uh, you know, and, and obviously most people, even if they say, ah, this is going to be a circus they're still going to find a way to watch it, right, Clay? Um, all it takes is one big punch there. I think they're going to really lean on that as a way to promote it, that anything could happen like we heard Dana White saying. But personally, I would have been way more excited for this fight if they would have combined the two styles like a trade-off, like round one boxing, round two MMA, round three back to boxing. Now something like that would have been more of an even battle. Yeah, there's no doubt. I think it actually would have been a little bit intriguing if they had said round 12 will be MMA style. Because then the question would have been, okay, can Conor McGregor last and be in good enough shape by round 12 to have anything left to try to get Mayweather? Because then there would be some suspense. As is, I I think the only question is, does Mayweather decide to throw this fight? I mean, legitimately, because we talk about throwing fights all the time. Does Mayweather decide to throw the fight to get to a, a second and third match when he would make even more money. It's kind of crazy that this is going to probably be Mayweather's final fight of his career, and it might well be the easiest fight he's ever fought in his entire boxing career. I don't care that he's 40. I don't care that Conor McGregor's only 27. I just I, I don't see this as being remotely close at all. I, I, just, I, I would love to hear from somebody who is a good enough boxing analyst. Even I Look, I've watched boxing my whole life. I've trained a little bit as a boxer. I don't see any way imaginable that McGregor can get a hand on Floyd Mayweather. What about you, Justin? Are you in agreement with everybody else? Yeah, unfortunately, because I'm a I'm a big Conor McGregor fan, and I mean, like I I understand you know why he's doing it. like Jason said he's he's you know set to make way more money than he ever would in any you know UFC fight. But I just wonder if this kind of will ruin his reputation, even even like when he goes back to to UFC and MMA. Because, you know, he's got this, this you know, aura of being at the top of the game. And if he goes out there and just gets embarrassed by a guy that's, you know, nearly twice his age, then does that take some of the shine away in his, in his other sport? I don't think so. I think it just makes him more famous. And in general, being famous, people care a lot about what's going to happen with you, right? I mean, this is a guy, I saw a tweet from Darren Ravel who was on welfare four years ago, I think is the math. And now he's going to make $100 million. I mean, it's a remarkable rise. And I think he is really all about the money. I mean, McGregor and, and the entertainment uh, fashion. And to be, to be fair, McGregor seems like the kind of guy who wants to make as much money as possible and then get out of the lifestyle. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe McGregor's going to be fighting still MMA when he's 37, 38 years old. But he seems like the kind of guy who wants to, to make his money and get out. And this is probably the best way to ever do that. I mean... 
it's creative of him to even come up with the idea. Now, I think McGregor is brash enough to believe that he can win this fight. I think he has the utmost self-confidence. But, you know, we saw him get knocked out in uh, in the fight against uh, who, oh, who's the old guy um, who, uh, who, who, who beat him, you know, like, and, and choked him out. I mean, it was... It, it was a surprise when he was fighting up in his uh, in his weight class. Diaz, yeah, Diaz. I mean, and then he came back and beat him. But uh, you know, I, I just the, the the confidence level is supreme. I just don't buy into the fact that there's any substance whatsoever to support the argument. This is going to be a good fight. Uh, your calls. Let's go to uh, Andrew in Atlanta. Andrew, what's up? Appreciate you taking the call, but uh, pretty much just chiming in and agreeing with everyone. There's no way it's going to be a good fight. It's not going to be entertaining at all, but people will just do it as a social gathering off the one in a million chance that there is a big punch or, or something interesting happens. But, I mean, there's just no way this is going to be fun at all. But you will, you, will, you will 100% watch it, though, right, Andrew? Well, yeah, you'll go out to the bar with all your buddies and go watch it because it's a social thing and because it's gotten so much hype. But other than that, if you're at your, by yourself, you're not going to watch it. But, I mean, that's just what it is. Yeah, look, I mean, I think that this is – thanks for the call – I think this is, you know, uh, there's an element of genius to this because, again, I wish it wasn't August 26th because I think by August 26th, football is almost here. By the way, that Saturday, August 26th, I believe the next day will be the finale of Game of Thrones. And you guys, if you're new to the, the Outkick, my favorite show on television. So that's a hell of a weekend. You got the finale of Game of Thrones combining with the uh, combining with this uh, incredible, entertain, incredibly entertaining fight. But I think, Jason Martin, you're right about their ability to take over the summer sporting calendar it, with uh, a Showtime show, with uh, with maybe an MMA show that will air on FS1, wherever, however they're going to do this, there will be so much trash talk and so little actual sporting news to entertain people between now and whatever the 70 days or some such when the fight actually happens that it is going to un- be, be, be just an unbelievable show. And there's not a lot of other things to compete with it. I mean, regular season baseball is not really in the mix. They did it smartly this summer so that there isn't the World Cup or the Olympics to contend with. I mean, it is going to be the number one sports show for especially the month leading up to it from about July 26th to, to the August 26th when there really is nothing going on. This show, I think, will be a, a rolling carnival. Let's go to Andre in Jackson, Mississippi. What's up, Andre? What's going on, guys? Hey, hey, the way I look at it, I I think the first three rounds, they just gonna be out there just sparring, just trying to put on the show for the fans. But at the end of the day, everybody know uh Mayweather he gonna win. So it it really don't matter, but everybody's gonna watch it. So I'm gonna go with Floyd. They're going to put on a show for everybody, and that's all it's going to be, just a show. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. But you know it's going to be a show, too. And if we all know that what we believe is going to happen, is this going to be the most lucrative sporting event that everybody knows what's going to happen in the history of American sports? Because I think so. I don't know. You kind of hit on the Billie Jean King uh, tennis match back in the 70s, I think it was, Jason Martin. Can anybody else even think – of a more farcical sporting event, one that has had less suspense that is going to make more money than Mayweather-McGregor. 
because I can't. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of boxing matches over the years, whether it was, remember Mike Tyson came back and fought, I think the first fight he fought was Peter McNeely. Am I correct in that? And Peter McNeely yes. was like... Hurricane McNeely. Yeah, total tin can. And everybody was like, my God, I don't even know how they found this guy. Like, there's no chance. Like, all those things. There have been a lot of mismatches in the boxing universe. But I don't know that there's ever been a bigger mismatch than McGregor Mayweather in the history of boxing. Because at least when some of these tin cans were brought into the ring against the Mike Tysons of the world and stood up there as a prop to get knocked out, those guys were professional boxers. They had at least been in the ring and fought multiple other guys and probably been training as boxers their entire lives. Conor McGregor has never even fought in a boxing match. I, I just I, I find this unfathomable that it's going to be able to make as much money as it is. And I think it's just a testament to how entertained people are by Conor McGregor and also how desperate people are for somebody to fight Floyd Mayweather. I think there's a lot of people out there that are just excited that Mayweather is willing to fight again at the age of, of 40 years old. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. This is Animal Thunderdome. This is an amazing story from the state of Maine. And this is what I just anticipate everything in Maine being like. Constant struggle, man versus raccoon. While jogging on a familiar overgrown wooded trail near her home on a recent warm afternoon, Rachel Borch thought to herself, what a beautiful day. Little did she know she was about to be attacked by a rabid raccoon that she would end up killing with her bare hands. This is real life. Uh, A raccoon bounded towards her, attacked her. Uh, She says that the raccoon grabbed her hand. He wasn't letting go. She had no idea what to do. So as she was being scratched on her arms and legs, as she screamed and cried, she did an unbelievable act. She took the raccoon and she drowned it in a puddle in the jogging trail that she was on. With my thumb in its mouth, I just pushed its head down into the muck, Porch said, and she held the animal there until he drowned. Big win for the humans. She said it was like Stephen King's pet cemetery. Again, she got hit by a rabid raccoon, but she won the life or death struggle there by, by, by drowning the raccoon. Unbelievable play. Jason Martin, can you top that? I don't know if I can top that, but I've got a couple. Jensen Beach, Eagle Marsh Golf Course. Cranes are fighting back, and they're fighting for us. There's a video, we can tweet it out, of a crane extending its wings and neck in a show of size to intimidate. Yes, an alligator. Another alligator causing problems on a golf course. The alligator ran from the crane. The alligator kept walking instead of trying to attack the bird. The animals walked side by side, and then you see the alligator move away from the crane. So cranes are fighting back against alligators on behalf of humans. That's one story. Another one, an Indonesian jungle. This is another just wild one. Uh, A woman in an Indonesian jungle that was a tourist was briefly detained by an orangutan 
that grabbed her hand and refused to let go. A video recorded last month shows the woman trying to break the grip on her hand without success. Guess who filmed the encounter? Her boyfriend filmed the entire encounter. Didn't think maybe I should put the phone down and help get this thing away from McGilla Gorilla. Just left her there. Apparently five minutes passed before a guide was finally able to draw the orangutan's attention with some fruit. So the orangutan just had this woman's arm for over five minutes. She couldn't break the grip. Fruit distracted them, and that's how she was able to actually get free. Didn't know orangutans had that kind of strength, but there's a reason to stay out of the Indonesian jungles. Amazingly, these quotes from the woman who drowned the raccoon are even better than you get. This is the Banger Daily News. Uh, If there hadn't been water on the ground, I don't know what I would have done, she said. It really was dumb luck. I've never killed an animal with my bare hands. I'm a vegetarian. It was self-defense. And also, I always thought of raccoons as this cute, cuddly forest animal. I just will never look at them the same way again. There are lots of rabid raccoons in the Maine wilderness. FYI, need to be brave. Got to be ready and able and willing, if possible, to drown one. Incredible performance by this woman, Animal Thunderdome champion of the week so far. I am Clay Travis. Big win for the humans here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. U.S. Open is going to tee off here in, uh, I would imagine, what, a couple of hours? It's going to start off about the time that we finish our show, I believe, Aaron Hills in Wisconsin. And what's unique about this U.S. Open in particular is that it will be the first one, I believe, since 1994 that Phil Mickelson, neither Phil Mickelson nor Tiger Woods are playing in. And the craziest thing about this is Phil Mickelson, obviously Tiger Woods, has got all sorts of stuff going on with his health and uh, and we'd love for him to eventually get back to golf. It's unbelievable, that story in general, the trajectory of Tiger Woods' life. But Phil Mickelson is not playing because it's on the same day as his daughter's high school graduation in California. And the private high school, it's Pacific Ridge in Carlsbad, California, north San Diego basically there, uh, where Legoland is, if you're not familiar that well with that area. Uh, They said uh, they released a statement Tuesday. We take confidentiality seriously and do not comment on our students or families out of respect for their privacy. We look forward to celebrating the class of 2017 on June 15th. Now, Mickelson hasn't officially withdrawn because it is kind of crazy. The school confirmed the commencement is going to begin at 10 a.m. local time. So that is about, what, six hours from now on the west coast and that's noon i guess aaron hills is on the central time zone so mickelson hasn't withdrawn in the event that there might be a weather delay now right now the forecast for today there is not for there to be rain so mickelson's not going to officially withdraw until his tea time arrives and he's not able to tee off and then there'll be an alternate who would be there in his place ready to go what's wild about all of this is How is the school not moving the commencement? Now, I've got three kids, a nine-year-old, a six-year-old, and a two-year-old. And Mickelson's daughter isn't just graduating. She's the commencement speaker. 
So that definitely adds a little bit of a wrinkle to the equation because it's a really big deal, obviously, to speak as the commencement speaker as opposed to just walk across the stage and accept your diploma. That's a more challenging decision, I think, for a dad or a mom out there. Mickelson doesn't have that many U.S. Opens left to play in, probably. He's never won it. If you remember him famously putting the tee shot on the 18th off of the uh, off of like the hospitality tent when he had his best chance to win, he's won every other major. He's won the I think I'm correct in this the British Open. He's won the PGA and certainly he's won the Masters. The only one that he has never won is the U.S. Open. And he would have a decent chance if he were able to tee off and play in this event. But to me, there are a couple of interesting angles here. One, would you, regardless of what you do for a living, would you, if you were doing something that was very integral to your otherwise profession, and look, the majors are a huge deal, not to mention the U.S. Open in general, a massive deal to a golfer like Phil Mickelson, would you skip an event like this for your son or daughter's graduation. Now, again, she's the commencement speaker, so I do think it adds a little bit to the equation that she's speaking there and and not just graduating because your average graduation, there's not a lot that goes into it. And on top of that, if you went to a small private school like the Mickelson family does now, shouldn't they reschedule it? I mean, am I crazy for asking that question? Why couldn't they reschedule the ceremony, and not schedule it on the opening Thursday of the U.S. Open? Like, to me, this is an indictment of this private school. The U.S. Open doesn't fluctuate every year. We know in all the time that it's always the weekend leading into Father's Day. So as soon as you know when Father's Day is, and Father's Day doesn't move around too much, you know that the opening Thursday is going to be the U.S. Open. If you are the headmaster of this school or in charge of scheduling... Is it too much to ask to say, you know what? Phil Mickelson's kind of a big deal in the world of golf. The U.S. Open is the biggest golf event in the country, probably. You can argue whether the Masters is or not. Why not move this to a Wednesday? Why couldn't you have the graduation on a Wednesday? Or why couldn't you have the graduation the next week or on a Tuesday before the U.S. Open? I don't understand why the school would not have immediately seen Oh, Phil Mickelson's got a conflict. His daughter's the commencement speaker. Again, we're not talking about some massive public school with thousands of students where the Mickelson kids just kind of get lost in the shuffle. This is a private school, a place probably where Phil Mickelson spends a lot of money to send his kids to school there in Carlsbad, California. I find this indefensible by the school. I really do. Like, I, I And I don't know, am I crazy for thinking this? That, look, Phil Mickelson... Why couldn't he say, look, uh, you know, I'm not trying to you know, be a, a jerk here and, and have everybody have to reschedule everything around me. But the minute this date came out, why couldn't he have gone to him and said, look, I'll give you a couple hundred thousand dollars in extra donations. I'll endow a couple of scholarships. Can we please just move this event so it's not taking place on the opening day of the U.S. Open so I don't have to skip the whole tournament? Even if they bait it on a Saturday or a Sunday, that would be an intriguing decision for Mickelson maybe, right? Like if Mickelson's in 40th place and he makes the cut, but it's Saturday, then I'd be like, okay, go ahead and withdraw. What do you care? You know, you're not going to win the tournament. 
But to take away his opportunity to even tee off or to put him in this position where he has to make a decision, am I crazy for thinking this is a total jerk move by the school? Like, do they hate Phil Mickelson and his family and the school? Why would this school, and inevitably, some for some reason, I'm going to end up living in Carlsbad, watch this, and my kids are going to want to go to this school, and they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we remember you, Clay Travis. You were the one who was on ripping us. But if you were going to the school Pacific Ridge in Carlsbad, California, they released this statement. We take confidentiality seriously and do not comment on our students or families out of respect for their privacy. We look forward to celebrating the class of 2017 on June 15th. So why of all the days that they could have commencement, they need to have it on the Thursday when the U.S. Open opens when literally, I guarantee you, the most famous parent that is in that class, that has a student in that class, is the most famous golfer in America right now. Like, that seems ridiculous to me. Leaving aside the question of whether Mickelson should just skip it, the school could easily eliminate this conflict and have had the graduation on another day. Am I crazy for believing this? Let's go around the horn. Should the school have moved their date so Phil Mickelson can make the U.S. Open and tee off this afternoon and try to win his first ever U.S. Open? Jason Martin, are you with me? School on the hook here? I don't know because I'm not going to say your guarantee's right. I'm not, there could be more famous parents there. We have no idea because we don't know anybody else that goes there. The only story we know about this place is that Phil's daughter goes there. I don't think that this school cares about a golf tournament. I don't know if there's tradition to where it has to be done on a certain day. I don't know enough about the situation. We talked about it yesterday after the show, and I was kind of more on your side then than I am now. Now, there is this situation where he was praying the weather would be bad so that he could make it. Bones is there. If he makes it before the first alternate puts his ball into the air, he can play. So maybe he's going to actually – Bones thinks he's going to get on a flight as soon as he possibly can after his daughter speaks, and he's going to fly. And if he finds out on the way to Wisconsin that the ball is in the air, then he'll just turn around, and that'll be it. Now, I think it's unfortunate – more so than anything else. But I don't know that the school is on the hook because it's not the school's responsibility to make sure Phil Mickelson plays in U.S. Open. Like, I just I can't quite go there because I don't know all the reasons for why they're doing it today. I, you know, I understand your argument, but I can't quite be as belligerent about it, at least without more evidence and more information. I, I'm, I'm teeing off. I'm, I'm on this school's website right now, Pacific Ridge. Again, it's a private school. And I'm sure that it's not a massive size school. I'm trying to figure out what their exact enrollment is just to get a sense for how many people go there so you'd have an idea how many people are graduating. But most private schools, most of them in the country, don't have a lot more than around 100 kids, right? So my guess is that there probably is not that many more people that go there. Uh, I'll see if I can figure out exactly how many people are going to be graduating. I think this is indefensible by the school. The more I think about it, the more annoyed this would be. Like, And I'm not a guy who demands preferential treatment ever, but if I'm Phil Mickelson, like, I go sit down with the headmaster and I say the minute that this thing comes out, or even as they're considering it, if you know that it's around the time that the U.S. Open is played, look, guys, and then I'm talking as I'm Phil Mickelson now, look, guys, not trying to be, uh, you know, to play the I'm a big shot card here, but the U.S. Open is a big deal in my career. Like, it's kind of massive that I've never won a U.S. Open. And I'm not getting any younger. I'm 46 or 47 years old, Phil Mickelson. Not sure how many more U.S. Opens I'll be able to play 
where I have a legitimate chance to win the tournament. You guys know how many second places I've gotten, how close I've come. This is literally the move that will culminate my career. I'm Having said that, my daughter matters more to me than anything that I could do on the golf course. So I don't want to have to be put in a position where I can't play in the U.S. Open because I want to go see my daughter graduate. So what I'm asking you guys is, is there any way we could do this on Wednesday? I know usually we do it on a Thursday. Is there any way? I think there's a lot of parents out there that are in this school that will understand. And to make this easier for you, I will endow two scholarships or three or four, whatever you need me to endow, to this school for a kid who otherwise would not be able to afford to come just so you'll move this thing to a Thursday and allow me to play in the tournament. Danny G and Justin, you guys don't have kids. Neither do you, Jason Martin. I've got kids, so I'm thinking about this from the dad perspective too. I think that's totally something that a private school should do. Are you guys with me? Yeah, for sure, Clay. Uh, And I don't have kids of my own, but as you know, I've taught and coached, and it's for a charter school in the past, also one private school in my past. They definitely could have been more accommodating. To me, this reeks of Phil maybe not donating enough money to the school. I'm, they have to have some kind of some sort of small axe to grind with them or something. Yeah. Okay. So here's the enrollment I was able to find. Every this is a tiny school. Again, for people out there who may go to a big public school, and I went to public school, so it's tougher. I think if you're at a public school to ask for this kind of uh, of different treatment, there are 90 people in every class. So we're only talking about 90 kids graduating here. So we're not talking about like a thousand parents and family having to adjust their schedule. We're talking about 90 kids. Like, Phil Mickelson could, I mean, and we're not talking about needing some massive venue in order to do this, right? 90 kids graduating, let's say that the average kid graduating is going to have, what do you think, like eight people there? I mean, that's probably a rough guess, right? So 90 times eight, what are we talking about? We're talking about a venue that needs to hold like 200 people, right? I mean, like not a massive venue at all. This, to me, is indefensible, that they were not willing, this school, and I'm just teeing off on them right now, and again, inevitably, somehow in my life, it's going to end up that I'm going to be living in Carlsbad, California, and need to get one of my kids in this school, and the headmaster's up early in the morning there at Pacific Ridge, and he's going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember you, Clay Travis. You're the jerk who was ripping us because we wouldn't move the Phil Mickelson graduation. Guess what? Your kids are never getting in this school, ever. You're done for. Uh, But again, there are only 90 kids in each school, each class. Only a total enrollment is tiny. Why would they do this to Phil Mickelson? Like this, it's almost like somebody hates Phil Mickelson at this school, and they're like, we're going to put you on the spot, lefty, and you're going to have to decide whether or not to go to the U.S. Open or miss your first U.S. Open since I think like 1993. I mean, this guy's an iconic figure. Again, we don't have Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson. Mickelson trying to complete his career. I just can't believe this can't be resolved before now. So it's a major story as we get ready for Thursday. Phil Mickelson has a jet. He's going to scramble. He's going to try to fly to Wisconsin. What's he going to do, by the way? He's going to fly all the way across country. Will he, like, halfway through the flight just say, okay, turn around if the weather's good and he knows? Is he going to land in Wisconsin, see that he missed his tee time? and then turn around and just fly back all the way? Like, this this whole story is absurd. 877-996-6369. Do you agree with me? I'm going to put up a poll question. Should they have moved the graduation? And also, you can weigh in on whether Mickelson should have just skipped the graduation. I don't know why you need to have that conflict. I'm a guy who tries to solve problems. I find a compromise. Compromise here seems pretty easy. 
let's graduate on Wednesday instead of Thursday. I think the 90 kids could handle it. I don't think it's going to suddenly totally throw the entire academic calendar at this Pacific Ridge school out the window. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Tyler in San Jose. What's up, Tyler? Clay, what's going on, man? You know, I'll keep this short and sweet. I've listened to you for a while now, and I give you a little bit of a pass here because you definitely have a me-first mentality, but I, I think what you're missing is that it's not about Phil. It's not about mom or dad or husband, you know, any of that stuff. It's about the kids. Right, I, I think the daughter, whether she says it or not, seeing her father there, knowing what an important man he is, will mean the world to her. Whether whether that's public or not to, to Phil, I think that's the right decision because it's not about him. And that's all. Yeah, I got, look, I, I I say that the the problem here is that Phil has to make this decision at the private school. They should just have made the graduation on a Wednesday. Like, they know that Phil Mickelson plays in the U.S. Open this weekend every single year. They know that his daughter is graduating this year. This is an easy decision to make. Let's move it from Thursday to Wednesday. Like, you scheduled this a year in advance. If I'm Phil Mickelson, I'm sitting down across the table from the headmaster, and I'm saying, what kind of donation do you need me to make in order for us to make this graduation on Wednesday instead of Thursday? You have plenty of time to schedule it. I don't think it turns into a big deal. Now, I can also, now that you're, when you become a dad, you make an interesting transition where you move from thinking like the kid to thinking like the parent, right? And everybody out there who's driving into school this morning, some of you are work or wherever you're going. Some of you are young. You know, you're 16, 17, you're 18 years old. You think about everything from the kid perspective. Some of you are older and you've got kids of your own. And at some point in time, you make that pivot from, okay, I am the son or the daughter to I am the mom or the dad, right? And that's the way you start to think. And so I have made that pivot now where I can still remember what it's like to be the kid, but you also then also understand what it's like to be the parent. And that's an interesting pivot in your life. And so I can honestly say, having graduated, it wouldn't have bothered me if my dad or mom hadn't been at my high school or college graduation. Why? Because they were present for so many important events in my life otherwise I would have been totally fine with it. It's not as if I would have said, oh my God, I can't believe they're not here for me. Now, every kid is a little bit different. So when I think about this, if there were a major conflict like this with Phil Mickelson, I think it gets into how present have you been in your child's life already? Because I think this is a fascinating question about whether or not to play in the U.S. Open. Now, Phil, because he has a job or he's on the road all the time, he may feel guilty like he's already missed a lot of important life events. But I'm not a believer that if you are doing good work as a parent or a spouse or a brother or sister or a kid or whatever else, I don't believe you suddenly parachute in and can make up for it. Like, if you're a crappy son, I don't think because you gave your mom a great Mother's Day gift, it's like, oh my God, well, I'm so lucky, right? If you're a crappy parent, I don't think you show up at the birthday and suddenly like have an awesome day that one day And it makes up for the fact that you're absent the other 364 days. That's the way that I feel about big events. I don't think that you make up for anything by suddenly showing up and being like, ta-da, I'm here. And you're like, yeah, Dad, thanks. You weren't here the other 364 days, but I'm really glad that you managed to show up for my graduation. So to me, these kind of situations are somewhat of a reflection on how present and involved have you been on all the other days 
where there isn't like a big bow on the day and everything matters, whether it's birthdays, Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries. Like I'm not a guy who shows up on Valentine's is like, hey, I've been a crappy spouse or a crappy boyfriend or girlfriend for the past year, but man, look at this chocolates that I'm just giving you. Hey, I'm here. Look, I got a rose for you. Man, you're lucky. Lucky girl. Oh, I got a $500 dinner for us. You can't make up for it. I'm not a believer that you just parachute in and suddenly make a big show of one day. Let's go to, and Mickelson just announced his withdrawal, so it's official. Does that happen, Jason Martin? Yes, he announced it about 10 minutes ago. Okay, so Phil Mickelson has officially announced that he is withdrawing from the U.S. Open. He's not even going to try to get on that private jet. He is missing the tournament for his daughter's graduation. Uh, Let's go. Who do you want to go to next, Gary in Pennsylvania? Uh, Yeah, let's go to Gary. Gary, what's up? Good good morning, Clay. How are you, Gary? Uh, Fine. Your two outstanding guests... uh, couldn't have, I couldn't say it any better what it means to be in there and everything, both of them, the baseball guy and the golfer guy. They were both brilliant. But, you know, uh, just give me one minute. This will be my last call then. Uh, wait, wait, your last call? Why, why are you not, not going to stop calling? Well, I'll tell you in just uh, 30 oh, okay. seconds. Since 9-11, I thought this country would come together and give everybody the dignity and respect they deserve. But I think we're worse off. We hate each other. You were talking about anger yesterday. Yep. And I'm going to say this politely. The only difference between the guy who shot up UPS yesterday and uh, the baseball people down there in Washington, D.C., and you is the anger they funnel it different. You come on the show every day and just hate, hate, hate. Today it's the school. You don't know what their traditions are and stuff, as your guest said and stuff. And and then it's on the basketball players not going to Washington. It's on Kaepernick uh, and on and on. Now, I love talk shows during the football season for information and inside stories and your guests. But I'm 67 years old, and I just started to realize. I, I, I said, man, get on with your life, Gary. Uh, stop wasting time for this hate. Football season, I'll listen to you, but, you know, you're contributing to it. You think I'm making the world the world a worse place? Uh, not the world. I'm, I'm just saying you're entitled to your – and you are an intelligent person, no doubt about it. But the constant, it's – it's you think the animal like Thunderdome is too negative? You think the animal Thunderdome we do is too negative? No, that's a that's a great addition to the show. But the constant stuff like on this, this is no big deal. And and just like the basketball thing, they didn't go to Washington. He kept it up in Ka- Kaepernick. Come on one show and do your thing, uh, your opinion, and have other people express it. But to carry it on. Uh, and you brought up yesterday. You want me to just do a happy show? Would it make Gary? Would it make you feel better if I came on and I just did a happy show? I just said, you know, the, today we're no. only going to do happy stories. I'm going to talk about butterflies and uh, and ice cream sundays. No, no, no. I'm saying for one day you bring up a subject, but uh, you're just pounding it today. And I just think you're contributing to the hate, the anger in this country and not just you play i'm not blaming it on you but i'm for my own self and say come on gary get on with it i'm 67 years old up 
Man, just relax. You don't need to hear someone else's uh, uh, hateful opinion. But but other than that, Clay, you know, I know you're a good guy and stuff, but I just think you're going a little bit too far with the hate, and that carries over. You're not the only one that's all around us. So thank you for your time, Clay. Thank you for the call, Gary. Gary says I'm going too far with the hate. I don't know. Am I? Am I making the world a worse place? Am I making the world a worse place by saying that they should reschedule the graduation so Phil Mickelson could play in the U.S. Open? Am I making the world a worse place by saying that I think it's ridiculous that the Golden State Warriors won't go to the White House because they don't like Donald Trump? Am I making the world a worse place by saying that I think Floyd Mayweather is going to beat the crap out of Conor McGregor and that the fight's not going to be that good? Maybe I am. Maybe I'm part of the problem. Maybe I'm the reason America's going to hell in a handbasket. By the way, don't really understand that phrase. Hell in a handbasket. What does that even mean? That sounds like an awful place to be, that handbasket. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it product availability just one part that makes o'reilly stand apart the professional parts people oh 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 o'reilly auto parts infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 live march 20th from the edge at hudson yards in new york city Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now.